Hello, you are about to listen to another episode of Beyond Clean, a podcast where we talk about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. I am your host, Dave Thompson. Yes, we are in Season 4. We broadcast out of Orlando, Florida. This is where the cleaning industry talks about everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive. We would love to have you on the show, so reach out to me, D. Thompson at academyofcleaning.com or at 888-999-6059. Be sure to listen to our live streaming that we will be doing this year on Podbean. Now, for today's show, let's get started. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson, and as you have been to some of our podcasts before, we talk about anything and everything that is healthy, positive, and proactive here on our podcast. We are on Podbean Live again this morning. It is a Friday. I'd say the last Friday of the month, but it's not quite the last Friday. This will be, I will have to tell you folks, it's the last Friday of this month I'm working because next Friday I'm going on vacation. I think I've earned that. So uh, before I get into all of that kind of stuff, folks, what I'm doing and everything, Bill Fellows is with us again. We're talking about what we normally do, chemical safety, Bill, are you on the line with us today? Yeah, I sure am, and uh, glad to be here. Thanks for all those who joined us and listened to our podcast. We appreciate it. Well, you know, Bill, even before we got started and got our session set up this morning, we've got a caller that's already on the line asking, what does SDS stand for? Well, that's a great question. Uh, It's Safety Data Sheets. Uh, When OSHA first got into this back in the 70s, they were called MSDS, which are material safety data sheets. But uh, when we went to the globally harmonized system back in 2016, uh, when that was completed, we, uh, that name got changed to SDS for safety data sheets. And the nice thing about this new system, the globally harmonized system, is that Uh, Under the old rules, OSHA said what had to be on the sheets, but it didn't specify how. The globally harmonized system makes it a format that everybody has to follow. So if you're looking at section three, it says the same information in section three, no matter what the chemical is. Where in the past, um, that information could have been anywhere on the sheet. In fact, they didn't even have a specified number of sections under MSDS. They had anywhere from eight to 10 to 16 sections. Under the globally harmonized system, there are 16 sections. And the last one is more informational type stuff, which also gets into uh, what they call the diamond for what the health hazards are to individuals. So um, it's a much better system from the standpoint of being consistent across the board and doesn't matter where you buy your chemicals now or what manufacturer they all look the same so that's a a great question as uh, hopefully you'll appreciate the value of that SDS the safety data sheet in your organization. No Bill uh, we just put out this week a, a new course here at the Academy called cooperative cleaning for schools uh, working on one for next week, uh, cooperative cleaning for churches or uh, religious organizations. 
And when we were building that, one of the things that uh, came up was uh, somebody said, make sure you put section two and section eight there. You know, before we couldn't do that because it was just what you said. We didn't really know where it would be. Have, have you seen that people are actually paying attention now more than they ever did because it's easier to use? Well, I know that uh, since it's been in play uh, and I do these assessments, so I've traveled a lot and not lately we do our things from home now, but the same thing <laughs> is true. The It gives you an opportunity to share with your people that you're trying to work with uh, about section two and eight specifically because two lists any hazardous ingredients that are within in the chemical and eight gets into how you protect yourself and uh, a lot of companies uh, in the past made their decisions about their PPE uh, not totally based on what's on the MSDS sheet some of it had to do with uh, their personal feelings about it, but this is pretty specific and if, I'd recommend that every employee who uses chemicals uh, No matter what their company has in place for PPE that those two sections get read very carefully <clears throat> because uh, while they may not require some form of PPE on a personal basis you may want to do that we have to remember that uh, so many people think it's the company's responsibility to keep you safe <laughs> and they'll even try to sue if they get hurt. Uh, the reality is you're responsible for your own safety and you can't do that well if you aren't informed. Uh, these SDS sheets when they were put together are the culmination of information that have been gathered by scientists, researchers, investigators, and typically what they've learned is after someone gets hurt or even killed. So it's important to pay attention to it because there's no need for anybody to do the trial and error method and learn uh, a lesson that's already been learned all over again. Well, and so, what you're, so what you're saying, Bill, is that the reason those are on there is because it's past experience, not just somebody's brainchild. Yeah, typically that's what they found out. Somewhere in the past, things happened. You know, Madame Curie found uranium, but what did it cost her? Uh, you know, it eventually led to her death. So you know, scientists try to do things and explore and to learn, but they learn more, more often after the fact than they do while they're doing their research. You know, what's interesting, as we put this program together uh, over the last few weeks and, and launched it, uh, it, and it, and it, it actually, you know, we put it together because, as you're saying, people were asking questions, and so we, we put the course together to answer those questions, and one was, what's on the label? Um, it's very interesting when you actually read the product labels, Bill, what you find out. How... What is your feeling about product labels? Well, again, since the uh, coming of SDS, they've become more critical because they actually contain information they didn't used to contain. Uh, pictograms are in use in an SDS, for example. And if there's a pictogram on the SDS, it's also on the label. 
those pictograms quickly help you identify what is uh, what's the hazard or the use of that particular chemical. Uh, they can the identify. Required? I'm sorry. Pictograms required. If they're on the SDS, they're also required on the label. Yes. So you're saying they don't have to be on the SDS all the time? Only what they apply. If they apply, they're on there. If they don't apply, they're not. So you're not always going to find a pictogram on there. What about HMIS codes? Uh, well, that's one I'm not uh, as, as familiar with as what, what you are. I've, I've seen you use that term in, in some of your uh, trainings in the past. And I can't say that I truly understand that completely, so maybe you can elaborate. Well, yeah, this is the hazard codes. And, uh, of course, you know, we have basically the two ones that I like to refer to that's on a, that can be put on uh, work bottles uh, because that's the first point of contact that a worker usually has because they don't always, as you just said, they don't go and read the safety data sheet, but they are grabbing a work model. And I do love the fact that whenever the globally harmonized system came out, the work model labels got more concise. I won't say they're all 100% uh, uniform anymore, but at least they became that way. But uh, you see a number of work model labels that have the HMIS, you know, the health, the, uh, the reactivity, uh, the personal protective on there. And I think these are all of those points as we talk about this and chemical safety bill we use all of these different things to assess how safe that product is from a worker's viewpoint. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that happened with that, uh, 15 countries accepted the UN's recommendation of going to this globally harmonized system. In the process of doing that, every country had done their own thing and the United States uh, chose to mark I think Canada as well chose to use the smaller the number, the safer the product. Um, under the globally harmonized system in Europe, the, the larger the number, the safer the product. And technically, it was supposed to be listed that way. So a, a four would now become safe and a zero would become very hazardous. But uh, in the US, I've noted that if you go to section 16, and they show you that diamond and the numbers and will tell you that they're still using the MSDS uh, structure. So uh, while we had a lot of people concerned about that flop in the, in the numbers, it turns out in the United States, they just elected to still use the old system, just simply not to terrorize people, I guess. So you mentioned the diamond, uh, the NFPA diamond. Uh, can you explain that a little bit more for the listeners? Yeah, they've, each one has a number attached to it as it affects your health or likelihood of fire or whatever it might be. And the, uh, as we said, the number has always been the lower the number, the safer the product uh, for that particular part of that diamond. And we've we've come to realize that while it was supposed to change, it didn't. So I want to make people aware of that as well. Well, and that's one of the things we wrote in this course and we're putting into most all of our courses where we're talking about chemical usage is, uh, you know, folks, what you need to do is look at the safety data sheet, as Bill said, 
find the pictogram if it's there. Uh, if you find an, uh, the NFPA diamond, look at the blue health and look for the lowest number in the health. If you have an HMIS code, you know, it'll follow the same number program, the lower the number in the health. Those are just some quick identifiers. What's probably some other words on that safety data sheet that would be helpful for somebody in a quick uh, a view as to, is this a safe product to use? Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. I would like to add one more thing. If you're a sure. person who travels and you go to Europe, that's not going to be true either. So no, correct. You got to pay attention to where you are. And if you read the section 16 will help you identify uh, how those hazards are coded. So you don't have to to guess if we're looking at a European thing or, or US thing. So just pay attention to that. Okay, back to your other question. What was that again? <laughs> what would be what would be another word? I mean, there used to be like on the MSDS. You know, for those of us that have been using chemicals for some time, we had uh, several words we looked for. Uh, SDS changed that. Well, the, some of the terminology uh, isn't quite the same, but in, in they have added a couple of things that are very helpful. They use the word warning and the word danger and uh, they're just they're very simple statements that, that help you identify something you should look into further if it's so says warning, warning is the lowest yeah warning is the one that's the lowest it says there are from problems here you need to check it out so you know but danger means it could adversely affect your your uh, life even so that's a urges you to pay more than the usual attention to the SDS and learn all you can about that product. You know, what I found uh, interesting on that, Bill, is the lowest word there is warning on every chemical that's made, right? Yep. So does that, does that mean that really? I mean, you, know, I, you just think about this. If everything I use has a warning label on it, do we just get complacent and don't really look at anything anymore? That's how the U.S. operates. Yep. Just like this COVID thing, you know, the longer it goes on, the less people want why it's too much trouble. So they just go ahead and do their own thing. And uh, we're the same way with, with chemicals. Uh, we tend to pay as much attention as we should. Uh, but the illustration I like to use is, uh, is blood. If you were going to be cleaning up blood, uh, what PPE would you use? And of course, the, when they get done, sometimes they've got full-blown Tyvek suits and stuff going on <laughs> to clean up a blood spill. Yeah. And the reason is they're they're petrified that they could end up getting into uh, the HIV virus and maybe even contracting AIDS because of dealing with that. But the reality is only 3% of the blood contains that virus. And so 97% of the time, there's no problem at all. We could look at the same thing from a chemical standpoint. Things that we used to clean with, we thought were just fine. You know, cost my wife her life, cost you the ability to breathe properly. Uh, and 
they are they all have some kind of a danger and most of those weren't learned until after somebody got sick it's the same thing we talked about we we get these dangers after somebody gets hurt or killed or sick and then then they put it on the on the sheets for us well why wait to find that out if and you be the person that's a guinea pig we don't know any of these chemicals that we use today we do not know the long-term effects especially the newer ones that have come out uh, proclaiming to be green and they may be much safer than what we've had in the past but it doesn't mean they're not without risk so uh, I tell people sometimes it took 20 30 40 years before they learned about a hazard with a chemical so all of us are in this safety program together and you know 20 30 40 years from now if we followed all the precautions like we would for blood universal precautions and protected ourselves we're going to continue to be just fine and be able to tell stories to our kids grandkids and even great grandkids but if we elect to to take the risk of not wearing our ppe just like is going on with covid right now they don't wear the ppe and they they take these risks they could be the person that's laying on that slab in the morgue while they're cutting them open to figure out why did this happen and what they learn from that then now it'll be a warning that there has to be uh, placed a label that's placed on something that tells them now this chemical we've learned does this or that to you uh, I don't want to be in that position I don't know about most of our listeners but I certainly don't want to be there well, I think this is the reason that you and I talk like we do, Bill, um, on most of all these and why we're working on this new program for next month. Um, you know, I did a little bit. I've got a class that we're doing tomorrow, another live class, uh, the Accredited Infection Prevention Expert class. And uh, I updated it again. You know, I usually do. Every time I get ready to conduct that class, I update it with some things. And, uh, uh, you know, I'd had my doctor's appointment and we got new prescriptions and everything. And I just happened to look at my, my little bill from the drugstore of how much my insurance saved me on three months worth of my uh, COPD medication. So then I started looking at it and going, okay, so how much would that spend? You know, if I didn't have insurance, you know, you think, oh, well, I don't, I have insurance, so I don't pay it. Well, you do pay it. You just pay it in premiums. I mean, you're always paying for this stuff. That one medication for me to breathe like most people are breathing through a mask today. So I say I have a mask on every day, all day, 24 hours a day. Cost me over $8,000 a month for that, or $8,000 a year for that one medication to breathe. And that's because of cleaning chemicals that I exposed myself to in the 20s. So your statement, Bill, it took 20, 30, 40 years. I'm living that myself right now. Yeah. And it happens to a lot of people. And there's just no need. If they had the same fear with chemicals that they have with blood when it comes to touching it and cleaning it up, uh, we'd be a lot safer uh, workforce. They pay a lot more attention to that. Well, you know, in the thing that's, and, and I hate to say this, but I'm going to say it. I mean, I've said it live on the air before, Bill. COVID has done some great things for the cleaning industry because people are paying attention to the message you and I have been talking for years 
if we would pay as much attention to chemical safety like we are to COVID and take precautions and require those and mandate and do these things, there would be a lot less issues. No doubt. No doubt at all. And uh, uh, for people like you and I who have that concern, it isn't self-serving. We truly want to help people. And we work really hard to try to help people. But some people just don't apparently don't want to be helped. Well, yes, it is frustrating, Bill. But to those people that do want to help and those people that have been listening to your podcast every month, I appreciate your time that you spend every month with us. Uh, People have been listening to this podcast and have been asking questions where six months ago, you and I would have been talking to open air. That is true. COVID has helped in that regard. You know, so I I think this is the interesting thing as we talk uh, through these. Uh, So um, let's see here. We've been talking for a little while, folks. I need to let you know that we are sponsored by Jim Supply out of Central Florida. They've been improving lives with cleaning supplies for, well, over 80 years since 1930. Uh, Jeez. Bill, what has been going on in the last month since we uh, last was on the podcast together? Or what's coming up in the future, I guess. Did we lose you, Bill? Uh-oh. Here I was just talking to myself. I guess we lost Bill for a little bit. There you are. You can't you can't hear me? Okay. I set the phone uh, down and yeah, I guess yeah. I need to hold it up higher. Yeah, yeah. There uh, you are. Yeah, the past month. Um, I've done a few assessments and we're doing those virtually now and uh, when we do those uh, we use Zoom or Skype or, or FaceTime so we can watch the people doing their jobs and, and uh, there's a lot more paying attention to what we have to say when we talk about what we're noticing of these people. That's um, good. We're, we're especially concerned about the way they apply uh, their, their disinfectants when I ask questions like, uh, what's the dwell time of your chemical and you get, uh, uh, I don't know. Well, uh, they can't be, they can't be paying much attention to what it's going to take to leave that surface wet. And so it's, those are kind of helpful things that we're teaching some people about and they're listening. Uh, we're, we're coming back. There's been some changes in how the procedures are written so that people understand that. Because before they just said use this disinfectant, but they need to give them a little more information than that. And one of those critical pieces of information is the dwell time. Um, We also have had uh, some, done some work with some of our uh, clients who uh, didn't understand uh, the value of the SDS as they should. We even had some where we're still using MSDS sheets. that happens sometimes where they just, um, they've changed it in one place, but they don't change it everywhere. And the people where they're working, they need to see what's the right thing is where they're working and not just because it's in an office someplace or on a computer base. Coming up, uh, we've also done some verification of a couple of training programs since that time. And one's done very well. There's a, a company that almost everything they submit now is 
perfect. They, uh, when we first started working with them, there were a lot of areas where there were questions, but they re they they're really paying attention. And as they produce new programs, they're done well. Uh, but we also had one that almost everything they said was wrong, and uh, they were going to go out selling this to the world and. Uh, when I had to reject them, I thought, well, I'm going to get some kickback on this. But the reality is, uh, we've had people now who pay attention, and this company produced this thing. They did videos. I mean, they put a lot of money into this, and they were willing to scrap it all to do it right. They said, we're really glad you told us about this. And they didn't want to disseminate bad information, so I got an extremely positive response to a negative uh, review of their of their training program, and that was encouraging to see. You know, I wrote a a, a little article and put it out on LinkedIn. You know, about misleading, misunderstanding, or just plain don't know, and. I think that's kind of what we're in, Bill. We've got people that are rushing, uh, as you said, to put out something to get, you know, to get out there, and their their intent is good, but they haven't done the research. I mean, you see this on the on the news repeatedly, Bill. I'm sure that you do as well as I. You know, it's like, um, and, and you, it's like, do you re do you want the reporter to do all the research to make sure, but you know, they're using terms and they don't know what they mean. Um, they throw that out there and then you and I have to come back around and say, and we, we, we hate telling them that it's wrong. But on the other hand, you're right. They're listening and saying, okay, let's get it right. Uh, I just put out a video from a, a contractor up in Chicago and that's pretty much the program we went through. You know, they put it out there. It wasn't right. We counseled with them, and they've reworked it, and now they got something great. Mm. That's that's how it goes. Yeah, I've been uh, coming up. We have some other assessments, but some of the problems we're receiving is that the people aren't uh, cleaning companies right now, especially if they're dealing with buildings that are still closed uh, for whatever reason. They've, they're running short staff because there's very few, if any, people in the building, but they still want to keep cleaning for the COVID. They don't want that to be around for security people and stuff like that. So sure. they're in there working, but they're, they're spread real thin trying to do it. Uh, and, uh, but they're, so they just don't have the time to devote to going in and, <clears throat> and doing these assessments. We've also had some problems with some buildings where when we go in, the the building interior won't allow the, the internet service necessary to keep Zoom or FaceTime or any of those things going. Um, so what we have to end up doing is we interview the people for the typical questions we would ask, but then we ask them to tell us step by step how to clean a restroom, how you clean this uh, office area and have them step-by-step step explain what they do. And then we discuss that after the fact with the uh, management team to find out first of all, if they were accurate and how they described it. And then 
interject where we saw some concerns. And in one case, we were at a university and they said, well, we go around and we spray the inside of the commodes and the sinks and let it dwell. Well, if anybody's listened in the past, they know my feelings about spraying stuff. And uh, <laughs> then they said afterwards they come back around and they wipe it all down. Well, my assumption was they were wiping it down with dry cloths, but the reality was they were doing the last part of the clean with uh, a disinfectant applied to cloths that was wet enough to stay on for the dwell time, and they kept the restroom closed until all that had dried off. So that was uh, that was what we wanted them to do. Well, I, I think. Noticed you know, Bill, I think the thing is, is as you're explaining this, um, things have changed. Some of this, we won't go back to the way we were doing it. Some of it is uh, bringing to light things that people weren't doing before. So all of these conversations have been good so far. Yeah, I wrote a, a book a few years back. Uh, called Creating Your Place in the Cleaning Industry. And uh, with all these things that are going on and what I've learned since that time, I've got to go back and and rewrite that book because there's things in there that just aren't aren't true any longer. I have to do well, it. Yeah, the, yeah I wrote a book a few years ago, and I, I kind of look back at it, Bill, and I'm like, I wrote that? Oh, that's... <laughs> yeah. Well, but at the time, it's what we knew, uh, and yeah. that's the that's that's where we were. Yeah. Uh, and uh, thankfully, enough of it wasn't that bad. It was more from me. It's more how I've learned, how I've progressed. I would write things a little differently today. Uh, but you're you're right. We and this is why we here at the academy. We're always updating courses. You know, people come and say, oh, well, I took a course three years ago. Well, it's probably changed and been updated, and we do things maybe a little differently. There's maybe some new protocol. Maybe you should take that again. So what's been going on with you all this time? <laughs> uh, Bill, I think it's just the same as you. Uh, challenged with new things. Um, I think one of the things that we've had is we've had our online campus for years now. And so whenever this hit, hit, we were ready. Then we found out we weren't as ready as we wanted to be. But we were kind of in a place where there wasn't a lot of people. Well, they just didn't have the time. I, I guess that's the thing, Bill. They just didn't have the time to stop and learn. Uh, now they have had. And as people have come through and have taken our online classes, we're learning what they're really wanting. And so I think during the next six months, uh, we have some updating, we have some challenges to now move our online platforms to the next level. But before we didn't have a reason to because people weren't taking the time. So all good stuff, but it does keep, keep one busy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, we, we were ready, you know, we were ready to do a whole lot of uh, conferences with our Rockstar program this year. We had 
I think 12 conferences lined up. And of course, like you said, to travel to them, uh, the time to put the programs together and, and, and uh, the business that of course would come from these conferences, all of that completely vanished. But that time has now been taken up with uh, predominantly our online campus. Um, we have uh, very few people that have come to our live sessions in Orlando uh, in the classroom. Uh, we've kept it open. You know, it was always a choice, um, but uh, people just haven't. So the virtual classes, people are understand, uh, you know, I had <clears throat> some people that took the class uh, working with an organization out of DC and uh, they said we didn't think it would be very much but it was just like i was there and so we're working very hard to make these virtual classes as real as possible and i believe moving forward a lot of people are going to go that direction anyway because they're realizing a lot of cost savings going about this way uh, on the other end uh, we're doing these assessments now uh, virtually that we won't be able to continue to do when we're able to, to get out. But what the client likes about it probably the most is they don't pay any travel expenses. That's <laughs> just non-existent. So, uh, well, and, and, and for you and I, um, there's less exposure for us. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, with a, you know, I'm over 60, I've got COPD, uh, travel is one of those things that, I mean, you know, you can't drive everywhere, uh, especially when you're going across country, uh, you don't time and, and costs don't allow. And so, you know, it, yeah. I'm, and so I think that's the thing, you know, we're having to learn technology. We've had to upgrade some of our hardware, you know, in order to be able to do things, uh, I think one of the things that I want to try to do yet this fall is in, increase our green screen area and a platform for demonstration area to make it more conducive because I, I agree with you. I think we're going to be doing this well into the future. Yeah, we've uh, uh, we had made mapped out for this year, uh, my wife and I, we had all these assessments and you were coming up and where they would be and we'd kind of mapped out ways that we could go and maybe add a few extra days for a little vacation time sort of thing together certainly and none of that happened that <laughs> was that was out of the out of the question now so uh, it's it's a different world we're living in we all have to adjust to it and uh and some people do so better than others and those are the ones that are going to survive and the ones who want to fight it want to do it the way it's always been done they're going to go hungry you know i think that um we you know during all this time we need to be aware there are people that have went completely to the far side of the moon if you will they are are, are so petrified that they hardly will come out of their house and breathe. Um, it's just like with anything else in our society. You see it on both sides, and somewhere in between is where you and I uh, try to stay. Uh, I know you and I talk about all of the safety issues and all the PPE and all these things, and people go, oh, those guys got to live in a bubble. No, we live in the real world. We just know what to look for. Yeah, we've... Uh 
I've noticed in myself that uh, I pay more attention to things than I have in the past. If I'm at a place, I, you know, you got to go to the store sometimes. I'm going to do that after this is over with. We've got to make our grocery run. But uh, <laughs> I pay attention to what the people are doing in the stores and where they are and uh, try to make sure, you know, I, I don't necessarily take the shortest way to get to what I'm trying to get off the shelf because uh, that row is crowded. So I go somewhere else, come back to it. Uh, take a wide berth where I'm able to to get around people, especially the ones not wearing their mask. So I, I pay a lot more attention to my surroundings than I did before. You know, I've always been kind of one of those people, Bill, that I uh, pretty much plan what I'm going to do. I think it through. So for me, I've always went when crowds aren't I've never really been one to want to mingle with large crowds, lots of people. And even when I go to conferences and stuff, I'm not one of the people that stands in the group. I kind of stand over to the side and watch people. So, you know, for me personally, things haven't changed a whole lot because I've always wanted to, to watch people and study people. And so it's just kind of made it uh, a different view uh you know because of education and what i do i i, I do that um but you are correct we do pay attention far more than we do we have uh all of that is good i think the one of the things that's going to happen with this as we go into the fall that we will see communities not having the large flu uh, season that we normally do. That's, of course, yet to be seen. But my prediction is that we will have less flu, we will have less deaths from flu this coming season. Now here, I'm living in uh, Boone County, Kentucky, which is just below Cincinnati. And uh, they just put on the news today that uh, the governor uh, is trying to, to back off on some things because we're Kentucky's one of the states where the cases of COVID is rising, not as dramatically as it is in Texas and Arizona and Florida, but it's still there. But they have uh, they had a judge overrule the governor, saying you can't do those things. People can, because uh, they're not going to promote social distancing, uh, which he wanted to keep in place. And, they're going to let, let the restaurants bring in more people than they had before. and it, To me, that kind of thing is a little bit ludicrous that nobody seems to appreciate or not say, I can't say nobody, that's a bad statement, but there's so many people who just don't appreciate how critical this situation is uh, for the survival of many people. And, uh, that's, that's kind of... Uh, a downer, I guess. You just hate to see that people can't appreciate the value of taking care of themselves and their and their fellow man. Well, you know, I, I there's all kinds of different ways to look at this, Bill. Um, as a COPD sufferer, you know, I kind of look into the numbers and stuff. 140,000 people every year die from COPD. Uh, one in 10 adults, one in 12 children have chronic asthma. Uh, the flu kills 
uh, anywhere, depending on where you're at with numbers, you're looking at anywhere from 60 to 100,000 people a year. These are respiratory issues that you don't see coming. You, and this back to what you and I talk about all the time, the chemical exposures, we were talking about a virus exposure, you can't see this. These are all things that just make us aware that every day that we're out there, um, you know, it's just like you look both ways before you cross the street. Why do you do that? To protect yourself. Um, I think that because of just what you said and I did is we're more aware. We are really going to be in a safer time than we've ever been before. Uh, as a person that walks the street with this disease, I feel safer today than I've ever felt. Well, I understand what you're saying. And I'm, uh, I'm just hopeful that uh, we have a sufficient number of people who uh, don't take that approach of me first regardless. And I'm not, I'm not talking about people who legitimately have reasons not to wear their mask, or, uh, but those that can and just defy the, the law because right. uh, like these COVID parties from the universities. Now, how, how stupid is something like that? <laughs> Bring in a person they know has the disease and then they all get together to see who gets it first. And, and the winner dies. You know, what value is that to anybody? Well, some things we're not going to change no matter how much we want to. And I think that's the reason you and I talk uh, and have these conversations. And uh, we're working on this class for next month. Um, speaking of which, folks, so I know we've kind of hit a little bit. We're actually working together uh, to have a live class on uh, understanding the SDS and chemical safety. Hopefully sometime before the end of August. Possibly uh, we will have this all together and we'll be able to publish that date for that class. So if you're listening, go to the uh, Academy website. That is www.academyofcleaning.com. On the front page, you will find a list of all of the classes that we offer. And when this class is ready to go, it will be there. So uh, just kind of keep a lookout for it. Uh, we'll be announcing it here on the podcast and putting it out on LinkedIn and all the social places. Uh, Bill and I are about halfway through getting it all prepared and ready for you. So uh, if you have listened to our podcast uh, that we've been doing each month with Bill and you have any questions, you know, or if you have any thoughts, you have something, we would love to hear from you. And that way we'll put that in that new class and make sure that everybody else gets the same answers that you do. Bill, do you have anything else that you want to uh, add before we uh, call it a morning? No, just a reminder again, if anybody wants to contact me, my email address is bill at billfellows.com. Um, you drop me a line there if you want some questions answered. I'll be glad to do that as well. So uh, I, I just kind of help people out because it's the right thing to do. Uh, Dave said he's over 60. I'm over 70. Got over 54 years in the business, and it's just come to a point physically I don't do as much work as I used to, except in my own home. But uh, I still have a lot of things I'm willing to share with people and 
help them avoid the mistakes I made going through this business and have that desire to do that. It's the legacy I'd like to leave in the industry. So, you know, Bill, it's kind of, it is kind of interesting. You know, uh, when we were younger, we thought, you know, oh gosh, all those old guys can do is just talk. And here, now, here, that's where we're at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so we're going to talk and we're going to keep on talking, right, Bill? I am. I'll try to get the word out as much as I can. Hope somebody, well, somebody learns from it. I appreciate your time uh, today again, Bill. Uh, I'm actually uh, taking off for about 10 days. Uh, next Friday, we're going to, wife and I and a friend, we're going to go down through uh, southern Florida, down even down as far as Key West, and kind of do some island jumping and and enjoy the, the sand and the surf and isolate ourselves on the beach. You going to take that long road all the way out there to the Keys? Yep, I haven't ever driven that road. Uh, uh, okay. The only time I've been to Key West was on a cruise ship, so I've never driven that road. We're gonna we're gonna drive that one and uh, stay That'd a few nights in Key Largo and kind of enjoy a little bit of sun and surf. All right, oh, well, you you do that. Been good talking with you, Dave. Thank you so much for allowing me to be part of this. Not a problem, Bill. Thank you. And folks, if you've been listening to any of our podcasts, you know our three words. It's always healthy, positive, and proactive. So make sure that you follow those things between well, today and the next time we talk to you. We're out of here for today. Have a good weekend and a good week next week.